June 6th, we're six days into Pride Month, and there have been a lot of different events already underway here in our city, and there is still a lot to come. And we thought it was a really opportune moment to have a conversation about gender definitions and sexual orientation. So when it comes to the letters LGBTQQIA2S+, I I would assume that there are a lot of people that know what some of those mean, and yeah. then there are others that are wondering, you know, I, I don't know necessarily the proper definition for all of these and how to properly have a, have a conversation, a meaningful conversation about gender expression and about sexual orientation. So we thought that we would get an expert on to give us all some clarity. We're talking right now to the Chair of Communication Studies and Associate Professor for Communication Studies of Digital Media Informatics and Gender and Women's Studies, Angela Corbo. Angela, good morning. Thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, Angela. Good morning. It's so nice to talk to you, Chelsea and Daryl. Thanks for having me. You bet. You know what? We go through all the letters, and and when when did we start adding so many letters? Is it because of the expanded <laughs> conversations that we've had to recognize that it's not just one or the other, or there's not just... It's a wide-ranging set of terms. Exactly. People want to be seen for who they believe they are in their own identity. So I think we started adding letters just so people could fully express themselves as they see themselves. So I think it's less about the letters and it's more about the conversation of tell me about who you are and tell me about how you would like me to relate to you. Yeah, and that's sort of I think what we're all sort of wrapping our head around is it's it's let me recognize you as you understand yourself to be so that so that everyone really just feels seen and recognized, right? Exactly. Is that where the plus comes from? Because there might be other, you know, where, explain me. I think part of the conversation is, is, is some people being confused and wanting to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the positive part is that you want to know and you want to have that conversation. Tell me what the plus part is. Is that any other letters that may show up? I agree with you. I think the plus is about any um, any other identities that may be there that we have not given a word to at this point in time. I think other people might debate what the letters stand for and how they're interpreted, but I think that plus idea is inclusion. We all are in this together, and let's have a conversation about how we see ourselves as individuals and how we see ourselves in relationship to others. So I think we can go through and we can say this is what the, each letter means, uh, or certainly the ones that we might have questions about. But Angel, first, I just kind of want to get your perspective. What's the difference between gender and sexuality? Great question. So many people start with gender is how we're born into the world. So it's really that binary construct. We look at our genitalia and we say, girl, boy. And we've learned that it's a little more complicated than that, you know, especially with the eye, with the intersect or intersect. We think about the idea of biology doesn't always tell the story on the surface. So we consider that to be gender. Sexuality is really more about the expression of gender, how we have masculine or feminine expression. It's how we dress, it's how we act, it's how we relate to other people. Um, And I think that's the part from a socialization point of view that we see most frequently. 
I think it's interesting as well uh, when you look at uh, the 2S uh, designated, uh, Two-Spirit. There are indigenous peoples around the world who have recognized sort of that sexual fluidity for hundreds and hundreds of years. So some of these letters, because we're assigning some kind of a title to it, are not new. Some people think that they are new, but this stuff's been around Mm -hmm. for a long time. Exactly. I think that Two-Spirit concept is actually so beautiful because we are looking at, looking at, gender, but we're also looking at culture and what that means in a particular community and that idea of how we express ourselves. So it's masculine energy and feminine energy. And truthfully, we probably all have that. We all probably express ourselves in ways that would fall into a feminine or masculine category. And it's more about the whole rather than trying to put something into a particular category and saying, this is only feminine and this is only masculine. So, Angela, by using these letters, are are we categorizing people unfairly? I mean, should we do away with this concept? Or is this a way to, for people to, like, do people feel actually included by all of these different terms now to identify them? I think the, the letters indicate inclusion and acceptance. So if you are part of a community where you feel like you've been marginalized or not seen, mm-hmm. the letters are important. For people who are part of the dominant culture, they may be cisgender and they may say, well, I'm female, I'm male, and everybody sees me that way. It might be a little harder for that dominant culture to understand that other people don't have that experience. Right. They walk into a room and people aren't sure what the preferred name is or what the preferred pronouns are. So uh, if anything, in this COVID culture where everybody was on Zoom and pronouns started to appear, it really allowed people to say, here's how I want you to see me. And, you know, certainly the COVID culture really limited our interactions, but it also gave us an opportunity to put identifiers forward to allow people to say, this is how I want you to see me so you're comfortable around me and I can be comfortable around you. So in terms of protocol and etiquette, as someone who is cisgender, heterosexual, should, should and I'm using myself as an example here, should I be using or introducing myself with my preferred pronouns? Should that just be a way that we all move forward? So I would say that that would be a great way to move forward. And it feels awkward. And I found myself in the same situation saying, why do I need to use she, her, hers in introducing myself um, until I realized that I'm creating a comfortable environment for those around me who may feel uncomfortable being the only person in the room who is not cisgender, for example, or somebody who might identify with one of the letters that we talked about earlier. So the more people who are comfortable saying, you know, my name is Angie or Angela, I'm she, her, hers, it allows somebody else to come forward and give voice to that. Right. For themselves in a way where they're comfortable knowing that other people will follow and so it, it seems like it's less about if i was to do the same it's less about telling people what my uh preferred pronouns are as much as it is to be a signal that says you're safe with me right. and we can have a conversation exactly, exactly.
And hopefully it's modeling that behavior for other people then to understand that we can retrain ourselves to think about this is how we come together. It's so common, whether we're at a cocktail party, at a conference, or if you're doing media interviews to assume gender. But once we start bringing it out and allowing people to self-identify, more people will become comfortable with it. And I think it just creates, again, that culture of inclusion where people feel comfortable and safe. When you talk about sort of, you know, uh, the dominant side or the people who maybe do not dive into these discussions on a regular basis, does does the growing sort of number of letters to, to, to be inclusive, uh, is, there, is, there, is there a bad side to that? Does it drive some people away because they get to that, oh, I don't want to, you know, you throw the whole alphabet in there. It doesn't mean anything anymore. What do we do with that? Uh, do we do anything with it or do you continue the conversation and hope people dive in uh, even from the periphery and so slowly become more comfortable with it? That's a great question. And I do think people will be uncomfortable and are uncomfortable because they don't quite know what all the letters mean, or they may have grown up with their own upbringing saying, you know, we live in this binary world. Why do we have to, you know, look at other identities? And so there will be people who are always uncomfortable or will have a difficult time with that. I I say let them kind of live with where they are, but for those who kind of understand and embrace that people have different identities. I think we want to look at the movement where people can understand and really be welcoming to the community that falls into one of the letters that we're talking about. So, you know, as we talk about these letters as sort of a place to begin this conversation, I think, you know, the original um, four or five, I guess it's debatable, LGBTQ, I think those are ones that many of us are are quite familiar with. Um, but right. it's, the, it's the additional, the, the second Q, the IA2S+. So, and I certainly don't want to assume that we understand what the first four or first five mean, but Angela, if you can kind of get into that second half of those letters, um, and we're, we have a few minutes here, but what, what do those represent? What do those mean? The QIA2S+. Sure. Um, so some people will talk about how the Q could be questioning and then other people talk about how the Q could be queer and I think that's where you're seeing the double Q coming from and so queer questioning I think they're fair to assume as you're looking at those letters Um, when I look at the I that's the intersex and that's the one we talked about before where biology may not always tell the story on the surface so whether there's additional chromosomes or there's something different with the genitalia that's something that a biologist could best Mm -hmm. explain Um, but that's something that I think folks have to respond to Um, when we look at the um, so Again, this is a little beyond, I usually do gender expression, but we're looking at, when we're looking at asexual, when we're looking at um, transgender, when we're looking at gender non-conforming, I think we're looking at the different categories that allow people to talk about don't just assume based on how you see me that that's how I'm going to be. And I think that's the important part to hold on to. Gender fluid is also something that we hear a lot about. I'm sorry. And then the gender fluid is just kind of the expression, again, of physical characteristics and how we're associating with masculine or feminine energy. 
So I think, you know, kind of coming at this from a place of understanding and recognizing, you know, how does someone want to be respected? How does someone want to be seen? And there can be can there there can be some some missteps and, and maybe mistakes in how you approach having these conversations as we I think all sort of wrap our heads around getting clarity. But I think if it's coming from a place of genuine curiosity and care about how to make another person feel supported, you're you're probably starting in the right place, right? Exactly, exactly. Angela, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your perspective. Really appreciate the clarity this morning. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. Happy Pride Month. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks, Angela. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.